Welcome to the Fitness Candor Podcast. Your host, Eric Feigl, will be bringing you the truth about exercise and the fitness industry. You'll hear from fitness professionals, exercise science professors and researchers, fitness industry entrepreneurs and leaders, as well as people who simply love to talk shop. Stick around after the show to learn how you can get your topic in an upcoming episode. Enjoy the show. Hey everybody, welcome back to Fitness Canner Podcast. As always, I am your host, Eric Feigl, and I'm joined today with the Northern Kentucky University Head Strength and Conditioning Coach, Brian Boos, and they are the uh, NKU Norse, right? Just Norse. Norse, Not yes, Norse correct. men, Norse women. So, uh, Brian, thanks for joining me today, man. Sure, I no really problem. appreciate it. Absolutely. No, thanks for having me. So, off the bat, for people who don't know, what is a Norse? Uh, simply put, the, the Norse are a, a Viking. Our, our mascot is named Victory Viking. Uh, Victory you Viking. can go back and forth. It's Scandinavian Viking, whatever it may be, but we're, we're just a fancy way of saying Viking. Like, okay, were there a lot of Vikings in the northern Kentucky area at one time? Uh, I guess I'm not uh, sure prob- on the maybe. <laughs> so, but maybe. Well, I don't either. Well, you have an awesome facility. I just, we just got done touring it. It's, I mean... I don't. Why I wouldn't expect anything less? Um, give us a little bit of your background. We talked a little bit beforehand, but tell tell the listeners a little bit about where you came from and what you do. Sure. Uh, so, I did my undergraduate studies at University of Michigan. Uh, there, I decided to major in exercise science, uh, a little bit of the sports business side as well. Uh, but uh, as exercise science major, I worked uh, uh, in their strength and conditioning department as an undergraduate intern. Uh, I dealt with the Olympic sports side of it. Uh, my supervisor there was Jason Cole. Uh, he's still currently there as well. So uh, working with Olympic sports, mainly with baseball now. Um, and then after undergrad, I kind of piddled around. Uh, you know, one of those questions of go back to grad school right away or, or take a year off. I ended up taking a year off, uh, then went to grad school at Eastern Michigan University. Okay, yeah. Um, worked there. Um, a lot with the football team, uh, a little bit with the basketball teams there as well uh, under Mike Sertian. Uh He's currently down down at the University of Tennessee uh, working with their fo- football program. Uh, so I was in that for two years and then uh, got lucky right out of grad school. I uh, heard about a, a job opportunity right upon graduating, which um, sometimes is not very common in the field. Yeah, no kidding. Um, so unfortunately it was uh, 700 miles away from home, so I moved down to uh, Rock Hill, South Carolina. Worked at uh, Winthrop University Winthrop, yeah. uh, down there. Um, worked uh, with baseball, men's and women's soccer, and track and field down there for the most part. Uh, and then in 2011, uh, had a buddy call me up and told me about the opportunity that was starting up here uh, to kind of come and start a program here in Northern yeah. Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, they were making the transition from Division Two to Division One, uh, so I thought it was a, a great opportunity for me especially early on in my career to, to kind of start a program, um, kind of build it the way that I wanted to, and I've been here ever since. Yeah, it's a unique opportunity to start something from the ground yeah, up, right? Yeah, especially in that transition period. Absolutely, absolutely. And it, it was a little bit weird at first. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I got here, and they were they were still competing at the Division two level, and uh, something that I had never realized, that there was quite a bit of rule differences between oh. um, Division two and Division one. Not, not a lot, but, you know, some simple, like, TV timeouts or media timeouts in, okay, in basketball. Gotcha. So 
you know, typically they're sub-16, sub-12, sub-8 uh, in basketball at the Division One level. Well, they do them every five minutes there. So it's a sub-15, sub-10, sub-5. So gotcha. just those little nuances there where you're kind of like, oh, all right, well, there's some different things. Uh, you know, the baseball set up a little bit different for the most part. Uh, Division One level baseball would play uh, a weekend series of Friday, Saturday, Sunday against one team. Um, and typically at the Division Two level, they were playing a nine-inning and a seven-inning doubleheader one day and then oh. playing one game the, the following day or however that worked out in the schedule. And typically they had Sundays off. So okay. just a, a little bit difference there where, you know, Division One baseball, you don't necessarily see a whole lot of doubleheaders yeah. unless they're trying to predict weather and all that sort of stuff. And then they'll, they'll make some adjustments to the schedule there. But that was a pretty set schedule there. So just those those little bit things, you know, about Tweet scheduling and then yeah. where, all right, well, now <laughs> instead of just thinking, well, baseball guys are going for – uh, three and a half hours for a game. Now you need to start thinking, okay, well, they're really going to be active for six, seven hours during that right. time. So I got to prepare them for playing doubleheaders most weeks, most days, of the, or at least once a week. So, you know, it's just one of those little things where you kind of have to, to think about those, make a little changes to the program where, all right, well, I guess I didn't know that. So I'm going yeah. to educate myself on it. But. So that's actually a good segue into where did you develop your uh, philosophy for training? Um, so... <laughs> I I think with any <laughs> philosophy you develop it over time. Right? Sure, you sure, know, sure, sure. It 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 is difficult. Uh, there's the old adage, uh, a thousand ways to skin a cat, and uh, I guess I've always kind of believed that, you know, my philosophy in general would probably be we're going to evaluate and then fix our weaknesses. To me, it's the the easiest way uh, to to improve athletic performance. Um, so, you know. One year we might need to get stronger, so I'm going to have to kind of go to a different philosophy on that. Is it just getting strong, or do we also need to add muscle mass? So maybe I spend a little bit more time in a hypertrophy cycle than I would on a different team. Right. Uh, you know, there's so many dynamics that go into, you know, athletic performance in general. You know, I, I think sometimes people think of you as a weightlifting coach or whatever yeah, it may be. Exactly. And, yeah. you know, it, it's it's much more than that. We have to, to look a little bit deeper and not just say, well... Go lift weights. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, if uh, the NCAA tournament was determined by who could squat the most weight, some years we'd do pretty good, some years we wouldn't do very well. But right. that didn't automatically equate to wins as well. So, right. you know, I think there's that, that fine line when we're talking about athletic performance as opposed to just weightlifting or Definitely. strength and conditioning or whatever it may be that becomes really important. So, you know, I dabble in everything. Okay. You know, yeah. it's – Finding that balance between having consistency in your programming and adapting your program to the individual that's on. Yep. So, you know, it is difficult. You know, am I going to say I'm a Westside Barbell guy or conjugate system guy? Mm -hmm. Sure, we implement some of their ideas into sure. our programming. Um, but we do change things up on them. And it's it's not just we're throwing darts at a dartboard no. by any means. But right. it's all programmed <clears throat> out to, all right, this time of year we need to focus on this. We evaluated the team process. We evaluated, talked to coaches, where are their weaknesses at, where are our injuries happening. We talked to the athletic trainers and figure out where our injuries are happening. Go back and look at the program and say, well, maybe we did a little bit too much of this. Let's tweak it here and see if we can prevent some of those things from happening. So, you know, it's a very dynamic environment. that Ebb and, ebb and have, flow sometimes. Exactly, and, yeah. and you have a lot of factors that, that have to go into it. So, you know, I'm, I'm never going to say that I'm locked in 100% to sure. one philosophy or one periodization or something along those lines. I'm going to always be evaluating and adjusting according to, to what the need is for the sport for the group. You yeah. Know? 
Yeah, because as soon as you start to lock into one thing mm-hmm. and you make that your end-all, be-all, mm-hmm. you miss out on all sorts of other right. nuances. Because you're, like yeah. you said, you're building overall athleticism. Correct. Right. So you, I mean, right. it, it takes a lot to build right. a flexible right. athlete. program for sure. It, yeah, and then yeah. It, it, it's tough too. You know, or I'll use our women's basketball team for example. This year, we're going to have four returners and upwards of eight incoming freshmen. So I can't train those eight freshmen the same way that I would train if I had eight seniors. So yeah. I'm going to have oh, to adjust yeah. my program according to them because their training age, depending on what yep. they had in high school, is all going to be different. So we're going to adjust the program according to them. And then in four years when they're all seniors, the program's going to be different again. So we're going right. to always be adjusting our program. And to who knows how much you have to exactly. like adjust from where they came from because the high school Correct. training is totally different yes. than college right absolutely like absolutely. rebuilding probably <laughs> yes. a lot that a- first year absolutely absolutely yeah. so. i always say like when people talk about um uh where the philosophy come from where mm-hmm. do you what's well, like it's not that we're doctors mm-hmm. but it's like how doctors practice medicine we practice exercise and technique exactly so I mean, in a way, it's like if you if you're not dabbling in a lot of different things, obviously there are some things that work across board. Strength right. training is going to make right. people stronger across the board. Like everybody needs that. Got it. Right. But there are so much. I mean, the athletic background is just right. so in depth. Exactly. I mean, and, and that's a it's the same thing. You know, we all squat, we all bench, we all yeah. do pull ups. Right. And exactly. How do I maximize each one of those for each individual? And then yes. once they've reached their physical probably potential. Mm-hmm. For that individual, then how do I adjust the program to make their bar speed go up? How do I adjust this? And when do I add in bar speed? When do I add in strength training? When do I get them a little bit bigger? When do I not care so much about how much they weigh, but how strong and how powerful, how explosive they are? Keep them safe. Exactly. Keep them on the playing field. I mean, injured an injured uh, athlete's obviously not a good athlete. Correct. So keeping right. them safe has to be number one. Yes, absolutely. I mean, I've talked that. I mean, I've, People probably are like, stop listening right now because I've right. said that so many times. You've got to keep the athletes safe first yeah. and then you know, right. build on top of that. Um, so, okay, maybe you're tired of talking about it, but we've got to talk about the tourney appearance. Yeah. I mean, obviously, this whole area was like – I mean, I, I told Melissa, I'm like – she's like, oh, because I, I don't mind, you know – UK and Louisville and like all the other places I don't mind them but as soon as like because I came from a small school too I went to Eastern Illinois University so like mm-hmm. if I ever see them of course I'm ripping out you know my Romo jersey and you know whatever else so I was like man I got this small school like next to us I'm like yes I'm 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 in KU all the way like that's that was it and I was pulling so hard and I mean what what was that like on your end in the weight room and because I mean I'm sure a lot of your your job is to is to kind of manage like expectations in the weight room too a little bit so you're managing like the athletes hype and well what, what was that like in here without trying to lead you too much so it, I mean, you it had to is. be stoked right it is it is it, and it was exciting you know it, first and foremost it it was you know the ncaa has a mandated four-year transition period so um teams transitioning are not allowed to go to the, the ncaa tournament um until uh, this four-year transition period is up. So, um, you know, over the last four years, it has been difficult. You know, it's tough been recruiting for our coaches to say, hey, your senior year is the only shot. And we got one shot to make the NCAA tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, first yeah. and foremost for all of our teams and all those seniors who put in all the work and, you know, it's for as cliche as it is, who laid the groundwork for this whole transition. It's 100%. It, it is, it's been difficult for them, you know. I, everybody is hopefully in athletics to to succeed you know yep. they, they want to have success they they want to win championships um and so luckily we've been able to play in conference tournaments because the um 
NCAA did change some rules where uh, even if we would have won the conference tournament, we wouldn't have, the, the conference wouldn't have given up their automatic qualifying bid. Essentially, they would have let the whatever team we played in the final. So we had played in conference tournaments, but you know this was the first time where our teams entering conference tournament where you win, you're in. Yeah. So awesome. you know, luckily, women's soccer has pulled it off as well, uh, and then our men's basketball uh, that I work closely with. Um, pulled it off as well. So, you know, it, it was tough. Last year was a tough year for them. Uh, we weren't very successful. We knew we had a big class coming in. We knew we had a shot to be big. Yeah. Uh, you know, we we do believe in the process of where we're not going to get ahead of ourselves. Sure. So, you know, even as we're having success, and, and sometimes that is kind of keeping those guys in check. With, all right, hey, listen. Definitely. We're, we're all excited in those sort of things. And, you know, unfortunately, on my end, that's it's usually when the – they get a little lax at days call. Hey, we've got 20 wins. What are you so up in arms about? Well, right, right, right. We might have 20. Come on, coach. But you still need those three wins in the conference tournament to get you into the NCAA. Team. Yeah, stay focused. So, um, you know, it, it can be difficult uh, with that. But we, we do have a good group of guys who I think really bought into the process this year. Of, Seems like it. Of saying that we're not going to get ahead of ourselves. And yeah. we're, we're going to be where our feet are and we're going to uh, – take each game each step at a time yeah and you know we, we get to the conference tournament um and then it's just three days in a row of, of pure chaos from there so you know <laughs> that was good the, it's a little bit of a long layoff uh we actually were able to get some pretty good we got three strength training sessions in in between the conference nice. tournament and the ncaa tournament so uh you know it was a great experience for those guys uh you know, most of them stayed that they they stayed level headed for the most part and those sort of thing. You know, every once in a while you gotta tell them, <laughs> All right guys, let's let's go. And you know, it's Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, we got in, but the work isn't done yet. Right. And, and those sort of things. So Yeah, that, I mean and I mean, like you said, it, it's like managing all of that in one and I tried getting a hold of you like right before the tournament. Mm-hmm. I didn't really realize I mean mm-hmm. Of course, I knew it was happening, right. but it didn't click. Right. And so you're like, oh, there's a lot going on. I was like, mm, uh, yeah, I yeah. guess there would be. Yeah. So so I'm, I'm glad, you know, it's, it's been a little while afterwards. And it's, um, I'm sure the recruiting process now, I mean, that's got to be huge for you guys too, right? You have the, you've, now you have a, even a better opportunity being Division I, um, upgraded facilities. Yep. So when you have people come like through the door, it's kind of like, oh my gosh, all yeah. right, this is... It's an, that extra level, right? Yes, yes, for sure. You know, and I, and I think that's an important thing. You know, especially in recruiting. Uh, you know, I have a general recruiting spiel uh, that, that we give to the recruits. We give them a general layout and those sort of things. But uh, you know, we, we really rely on the coaches for that. You know, it, yeah, yeah. It, it is always tough to say. Uh, you know, I, I hear some people in the field. You know. Where the the strength and condition department is the reason for success. Well, again, we can have all the strong athletes we want, but we really need that continuity. You know, I, I tell myself every single day we are still supplemental to their sport. Yeah, okay? we're we're supplementing their sport. I can have the strongest guys in the world and everything along that, but if we don't have very good players, and we're not going to have success. And uh, you know, obviously, recruiting relies heavily on their coaches for that and we try to pervade that same message so we all have to be on the same board no different than an assistant basketball coach um, and the head coach being on different pages right. so if they're not on the same page and there's going to be no continuity so we really try to, to preach uh, what our, our coaches are, are preaching from their culture standpoint and we get the players to buy into it because now we're an extension of them. So yep. they don't just hear it on practice. They, they hear it from our side as well. And, and then those are 
to me, the, the teams that are most successful. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's not always the most talented team uh, that wins. Uh, it, it relies on how well everybody's bought into the whole system as a whole and the preparation that it takes. And yeah. not only from the lifting standpoint, but now we're talking about recovery as well, where we shift our focus to a lot in season. You know, and yeah, that's where right. we might get guys who come in there and they, they kind of go hard and they, they give it everything they got for weight training sessions and conditioning sessions. But then when they get in season, they tend to get a little bit lazy. Well, I have time to come in and sure. foam roll today. I didn't want to do my soft tissue work today. Well, that's just the same thing as you skipping a lift. That's, that's basically what a slap in the face would be. If you skip the lift, hey, you didn't come in for your foam rolling session day. Or Why? like a practice. Hey, exactly. You I know, mean, yeah, it's all the same thing. So, you know, we get really good support from all of our coaches from that and it makes our job easier now Definitely. You know, we're, we're giving them the message from both ways and everybody's buying in the program and then those are the ones where you see success at yeah absolutely i mean i i don't know if you're you know if if, a, if an athlete's going from one place to the next like if you're not bought into what the coach is saying the coach isn't really paying attention to what to what's going on in the weight room, right. how it's affecting his athletes, right. and that's coming full circle. Yeah, and then, it's like a miss. You got to build link on link yeah. on link. Absolutely. You know, yeah. we'll get some coaches who who will who will ask, "Do we mind if they come in for for workouts and those sort of things?" Or some of them say, "Hey, we're coming in for workouts." We encourage them. We want them. I mean, it makes our job easier. You know, if they just say, "Hey, you're going to lift weights today," and then they right. show up to the weight room, then then what do what do the athletes care? Yeah. You know, I mean. It's all fine and dandy, sure. Well, fine. You got to be here at six a.m. You're late to practice. You're going to be here in the weight room at six a.m. tomorrow. Yeah, they don't really care because we are not dictating their their playing time. So when a coach buys in or or listens to everything we have to say and say, hey, we have these problematic people in here, uh, then it makes our job that much easier. Yeah, so absolutely. you know, having that support and we get that support across the board from from all of our sports coaches. Awesome, so. good. So we're uh, we're in the last week of school. Mm-hmm. Um, What's that? What's the time like now for you and your athletes and and the, and the guys and the girls you have working for you? So uh, we try to keep some open hours. The last week of school is a little bit, uh, always a little bit awkward. So all of our off-season sports are are all are optional during this time. So yeah. we'll just mainly have some open hours. We uh, have the athletes come in. We we want them to use this as a for the main part, a little bit of an unload week or recovery week for them. Uh, same with exam. We almost go for for a two-week cycle on that recovery from there because their summer packets are generally going to start up the week after exam okay. as well. So uh, for basketball, for example, they'll, they'll uh, be gone for about three weeks in the month of May, and then we'll bring them back on campus for, for an eight-week summer program. Okay. So that would be both our men's and women's, you know, our fall sports. Uh, well, some of them might be around on campus. Uh, they they get a, a pretty much a full summer packet they can do while they're while they're gone. We encourage them here yeah, if they are on campus. Yeah, uh, they come in and get their workouts in. Obviously, they tend to be a little bit better than if they try to wander over the rec center or, or back to high school <laughs> or something along those lines. So uh, the watchful eye is is always <laughs> always an important thing when it comes to those those summer workouts. So, right. Um, you know, this week and next week. Um, not too busy. We luckily with the staff that we have, we'll, we'll adjust some things and, and get some downtime where we're finishing up our summer program from there, and then we'll kind of roll right into summer from there. So June and July, May May's a pretty down month for us. Uh, June and July picks back up with the basketballs, and like I said, and then our fall sports report back typically the first week in August. Okay. And we're kind of all rolling from there. So yeah, May's kind of our down month. We we'll have our. Uh, the National Strength and Conditioning Association we belong to, the CSCCA, yep. uh, their conference is in, in two weeks, uh, May 9th through the 12th, so okay. we'll, we'll go down there for that, uh, kind of catch up with some guys and learn some things, hopefully, and yeah. kind of go from there with it. Good. So, so is that kind of like you're, like right now, is your 
kind of like your yeah. strength coach's schedule yeah. is. Free. Yeah, I mean you're always on. Right. Right. Always. Yeah. Yeah. So, so like, so right now you're kind of like, we're, uh, yeah, uh, we're, like you're, we're in a down period. And yeah, that's days. nice, you know, right? It's always supposed to be the time we get some work done, but it's amazing how. When your schedule's busy, you're really productive. And then we'll get like some downtime. Like, oh, I, I could be doing something. Today. Yeah. Right, and yeah. I was like, did I do anything at work? Literally, <laughs> I, yeah, exactly. I did a deadlift. Yeah, and then, exactly. Yeah, well, that's cool. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Um, one thing that I, I like to to end podcasts with is a is a quote from somebody that you, that you uh, admire or something maybe that you try to relay to your athletes. So I know we didn't talk about this like in the email or anything else, but do you have do you have like a favorite quote that you say or that maybe that you you say to yourself? Oh God! <laughs> yeah, I, I would I would always say probably the strength and conditioning coaches, strength and conditioning coaches are probably the most quoted by their athletes. We always say some random stuff off the wall. Awesome by, stuff by off the wall. Yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. But. You know, we talked about the facilities and they just did some wonderful rebranding here. Uh, you know, we put it up on our wall for a reason. Uh, and that is uh, the quote that we have up there is, uh, the will to win is nothing without the will to prepare. You mm-hmm. know, and that's, that's really what we try to preach to our athletes in general. Uh, you know, it's full preparation into everything. Awesome. Well, Coach, sure. I appreciate it, man. Yeah, sure, no Very problem. Much. Thanks for having me on. Uh, my pleasure. Time. Thank you. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you'd like to suggest a topic or be a part of the show, get in touch with Eric on any social media platform, at Eric Feigl, or email fcp at ericfeigl.com. Make sure to check back every Tuesday and Thursday for more fitness candor.